Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Kicking off uh, this program, we've got uh, Honorable Michael Warren, who was appointed to the Oakland County Circuit Court in December of 2002, currently serving on the business court and has a criminal docket. In 2009, he co-created Patriot Week with his then 10-year-old daughter, which renews America's spirit by celebrating our first principles. He's the author of America's Survival Guide, How to Stop America's Impending Suicide by Reclaiming Our First Principles and History. And, uh, Judge, good to have you back here. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. I wanted to just get a judge's uh, view of this. Uh, when you heard the Supreme Court uh, this morning uh, had overturned Roe v. Wade by a vote of 6-3, to three, what went through your mind? Well, it's a remarkable day. I remember learning about Roe v. Wade in law school. I'm a University of Michigan Go Blue graduate uh, in 1992. And so Roe had been the law of the land um, almost my entire life, not quite my entire life. And when we read the opinion in law school, it was patently obvious to me and I think um, anyone that was intellectually honest that it was this that it, that the decision was an intellectually dishonest decision, that the court was really um, moving into the area of legislation as opposed to adjudication. It was fabricating rights out of whole cloth. Um, even the law school professor, who I think was sympathetic to the holding of it, um, couldn't try to defend it, and he, he spent a good hour uh, hacking and slashing at the pieces. And uh, despite that, I always thought, well, uh, we, you know, we, that's the jurisprudential view of uh, the majority of the Supreme Court, um, and it's not likely to change. Uh, the Casey decision came around. Yeah. Uh, a lot of us held our breath thinking maybe we'll have some, uh, you know, a major change, and that didn't happen. Um, and then, lo and behold, it happened today. And, and uh, I know there was the, the, uh, the leak and even having had that happen, having served uh, with Justice Dorothy Comstock Riley in the Michigan Supreme Court, you always know that draft decisions are just that. They can change. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, so it, it's a remarkable day. It yeah. really is. And uh, it's been a long time coming. I, I thought it was interesting that New York Times coverage on this begins uh, by uh, admitting that uh, Roe v. Wade was, uh, in fact, deeply flawed. Uh, it says... Uh, let's see. The court decided Roe v. Wade, even though the Constitution makes no mention of abortion, the court held that it confers a broad right to obtain one. It did not claim that American law or the common law had ever recognized such a right, and its survey of history ranged from the constitutionally irrelevant, that is, its discussion of abortion in antiquity, to the plainly incorrect, its assertion that abortion was probably never a crime under the common law. After cataloging a wealth of other information having no bearing on the meaning of the Constitution, the opinion concluded with a numbered set of rules, much like those that might be found in a statute enacted by a legislature. And it goes on to mention one constitutional scholar who said that, yeah, if this had been a piece of legislation, I would have voted for it, but it makes no pretense to being constitutional law. So even the New York Times today is finally putting this up front which I was glad to see. Yeah, I think the New York Times is qu quoting uh, Justice Alito's uh, majority opinion there, and which is brilliant and, and well overdue. Um, and it really um, exposes, you know, to anyone that's open-minded, 
uh, you know, that, that's willing, that cares about the rule of law and the proper role of the judiciary within our, our system of justice uh, with three branches of government. Um, the court is not supposed to legislate. Right. It is not a policy-making court. And they took a very controversial issue and made a ruling completely ungrounded in law um, and imposed it on the entire nation. Um, and the, the way that should be done, if, there, if someone wants to amend the Constitution, is you amend it. You know, there are yeah. ways to do that. Call yeah. for a constitutional convention, propose a constitutional amendment, uh, but to short-circuit the political process, which is what the Roe Court did, and um, basically impose their viewpoint um, on, on millions and millions of people for a gener- more than a generation was, um, you know, usurpation of justice and um, uh, undermined the unalienable rights of the people to self-govern. Why did they think that was a legitimate exercise of the court? What, what illusion were they operating under? Yes, well, I think we have, um, I, I don't, I'm not a mind reader, but I would say that it seems like once a generation, our Supreme Court, um, the federal Supreme Court especially, um, goes off the guardrails and decides that there's, there's rulings that need to be made to further their view of justice, and they really do um, believe that they're, they act as at least their philosopher kings, a super legislature mm-hmm. that knows what's best for the country. Yeah, uh, we had that with uh, separate but equal, um, yep. Plessy versus Ferguson. We had that what's called the Lochner era, yep. where the Supreme Court was basically incorporating uh, laissez-faire capitalism as part of the Constitution. Right, and we had it again with Roe. Yep. Um, and I, I just think it, there's this Robert Bork, for, uh, Judge Bork, who yep. was uh, now became a verb Bork. Um, <laughs> Yeah, wrote a book called The Temptation of America, and it was about how uh, people that are um, unaccountable to the, elector- to the electorate, who have lifetime appointments, who live a lot longer than they used to when the Constitution was originally created, um, start to believe their own beliefs are more important and more enlightened than everybody else. Yeah. And that's, that's really corrosive to our republic. Indeed. Um, and and it's, it's fostered in the law schools. There's a culture that, you know, the common people are, um, are not sophisticated. They're silly. They're, they're uh, you know, they, they need help and guidance because mm-hmm. the, the philosopher kings, the elites, <laughs> um, know how to take care of people, know what's best for them. And, uh, and so that comes out in legal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. What has to happen now uh, to protect the unborn in the state of Michigan? Well, this is this is great. So, uh, great question. We have um, returned to the original understanding of the Constitution in, co- in connection with uh, abortion and the right to life, which means that it is a state-by-state issue. Uh, Michigan currently has a, a law that is in effect that prohibits abortion. Um, there's, I believe the attorney general has moved forward with a lawsuit or wants the Supreme Court to, or some court, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not sure which one yet, mm-hmm. um, wants them to make a ruling that that law is unconstitutional and that our Constitution, which was written in 1961, 
ratified 1963, so 10 years before Roe v. Wade, um, recognizes the right to abortion. There are ballot initiatives that are being uh, put on the ballot right now, or people mm-hmm. are trying to have petitions. We all know about the disasters and connection with signatures and petitions. Yep. Uh, but there, there are both, I believe, pro-abortion and pro-life um, groups gathering petitions, which would lay that question to rest if it goes on the ballot and the right to life is protected. Then um, it would be impossible for a Supreme Court to to do what the, the Michigan Supreme Court couldn't do what the U.S. Supreme Court did in Roe, because yeah. it would specifically protect the right to life. If, on the other hand, the pro-abortion ballot initiative gets on and, and it's approved, then it would put to rest um, and, and overrule the, uh, the law. I think it's a 1931 law that protects life. Okay. So there is now, um, this is back in the political arena um, as well as the judicial arena, but really I think... Um, well, I, 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 it's quite possible that one of these ballot initiatives will eventually be adopted, and that will um, address the issue mm-hmm. until the next cycle when they try to eliminate it. So yes. this, this could this could be going on for quite a while. I, I I think it will. Uh, this this is the kind of uh, ten, tenacity on both sides here. I think um, the referendum that took place, I think it was 1972, which uh, affirmed the protection of the unborn life. Um, is that moot at this point? Does that not kick in? You, you know, that's uh, I'm not as familiar with that as I probably should be. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know I, what its status yeah. was because Roe v. Wade kick. You know, Roe v. Wade was decided like a month or two after it, so I don't know if it ever became part of the law uh, in the state of Michigan. So I was just curious because I I don't know either. Um, I wish I had an answer for it. <laughs> okay. I'll have to look into that. All I right. Guess. Yeah. But prior to that, we did have uh, a protection of the unborn in, for, from a 1931 law. Is that right? That That is correct. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. In fact, if you look in the criminal law book, uh, the like the actual statutory provisions, I think it's the first, it's either because it's alphabetical, I believe it's the first law that you open up and it says abortion and, and it's outlawed. So okay. it's like the very first thing in the Michigan Code yeah. of criminal law, yeah. Yeah. Um, which surprised me when I first decided to flip through them one day. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, yes. Well, Judge, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today and uh, letting us uh, you know, have the advantage of your experience and analysis. Uh, uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure. I always love being on your show, and God bless you, and God bless America and all your listeners. Thank you. Yeah, Judge Michael Warren appointed to the Oakland County Circuit Court in December of 2002, uh, currently on the business court, has a criminal docket. And, um, again, always want to remind you of uh, what he's done with Patriot Week. Uh, we had a great time at uh, the Patrick uh, Henry Awards dinner a few months ago. This is this is a big moment. This is a big moment, and um, I and we who have fought for this for so long uh, deserve to uh, rejoice in it a bit. We have basically removed a major obstacle out of the road that was pre- preventing us from reaching a place where unborn 
life could be protected. We've removed that obstacle. Now the work is to move forward to actually, state by state, protect uh, innocent human lives. And this is uh, not merely a political battle. It's going to be a moral battle. It's going to be a spiritual battle. And we're not only going to have to win at the ballot. Well, the only way we can win in the long run, I think, at the ballot box is by demonstrating that we as a people are willing to extend ourselves and create a welcome to unborn children, helping mothers uh, who are in crisis, uh, making sure prenatal care is available. It's going to be a lot that has to go on in order to sustain a pro-life law.